Catherine Melvin, the Chief Auditor Executive, Texas Department of Public Safety. She has many responsibilities as Chief Auditor, and today we're going to have a lot of fun interviewing her. How hard was it to get a Bachelor's of Science of Business in Administration Accounting? Well, um, before I answer that, I just wanted to thank you guys for having me here. I'm really happy to um, be a part of your podcast and very honored uh, that I was asked to participate. Um, Okay, so you asked me how hard it was to get my degree. Um, It wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, terribly hard, um, but it took me a while to get my degree. I kind of had a bit of a windy path. I wasn't sure what I was going to study when I started college. And so um, I was talking about this with your teacher just before we started about, you know, there's some kids that graduate from high school and they know exactly what they're going to do. But I feel like maybe um, there might be a larger number of us that really find our path and find our um, what really speak to us um, and make our way through school. Some of us have struggles with homework or classes or just what we are going to eat for breakfast. What are some struggles that you faced when you were in school? Mm, uh, probably all of those. <laughs> all of those. Um, so some of the troubles for me was, uh, let's see, uh, when I was in school, I was I was fairly disciplined and I got very good grades. Um, but I think that uh, I was definitely a rule follower and had that in my mind. But my last year in high school, I think I rebelled a little bit and maybe because um, I, um, you know, took schoolwork very seriously that I didn't make enough time to really explore and have fun and so I tended to do that in my last year and I don't know if that was the best choice (laughs) Um, um, but uh, yeah so I encourage you always to find balance keep up with your schoolwork but you know still have some time for fun and the things you enjoy well fun is always the best balance for Mm -hmm. I agree (laughs) I agree what made you want to do your job Um, My job was not actually something that I knew existed when I was in college or um, even when when I graduated. So I'm an internal auditor. I work in an internal audit office and I studied accounting, basically business administration accounting. And I applied for a lot of different jobs that I thought my degree would um, work for. And I applied for a job that was in internal auditing and I didn't know what that was. Um, but I do believe that there's some truth to this, that sometimes the best things in life choose you <laughs> instead of you deliberately choosing them. And that's how I feel happened uh, in my job. So I applied for a job, not necessarily knowing really a lot about it. And it turned out I love internal auditing and I, I like doing it. And so I've uh, made my career in internal auditing. Someone who always inspired me was Life Family, mostly because my dad, he's been jumping around from different departments and stuff. And mostly my mom, too, because we all like have such a strong supporting of what we think what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we all of us want to p- figure out our jobs. Mm-hmm. I feel like we all inspire each other in some way. Great. I agree. My dad also, like, he, but first, when we moved here, he didn't have a job. He watched after my sister. Then he got a job, which he found. And then he decided to work from home. My mom's moved around jobs so many times. And then, like, one time she got an offer to 
actually travel around with nurses. She oh. said, no, she wanted to stay where she was. They've been saving up for a house for a long time. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she found, she, I think she just got a new job, but she just likes moving around, having different, like, having different ways of helping people. Oh, that's tremendous. That's tremendous. I do think you have to find your right fit and where your people are and, and where um, your contributions are valued um, and where you can be your best. Who was someone that helped you in your journey? Mm, I've been um, I've been fortunate because I feel like there's a lot of people that have helped me in my journey. Um, it starts with you know my parents. Just you mentioned your mom and dad, and you mentioned your mom and dad. Um, my parents were also really important to me and very encouraging me and and kind of helped guide me. I don't know that I always took their advice, <laughs> um, but I think over time I realized that they really had um, good advice for me and, and my best interests in my mind. Um, but over the years, I've been fortunate to work with some different people that were very inspiring and uh, mentored me and gave me opportunities and saw something in me, saw a potential in me that um, maybe I didn't see at first and uh, helped me to try different things and, and um, uh, do different things that I might not have pursued um, had someone not suggested it. What is your favorite part of work? My favorite part of work, um, uh, it's a couple things. So uh, number one is the people that I work with. So I I guess that's not, you know, I kind of think of when you're in school, your job is school, right? (laughs) And what's your favorite part of school? It's probably your friends and and all the people that you get to see every day. Well, it's kind of like that at work too, I think. Um, My favorite part of work is I work with an amazing team of people. Um, I love my whole office, um, and they're uh, really, uh, really good people and really smart, um, uh, brilliant minds to work with. So that that's probably the best thing. The other thing, uh, my favorite part of work is, is the ability to um, look at something and try to make it better. Uh, that's kind of what I feel like is the definition of internal auditing. All of our our projects that we do is we look at some process or we look at some problem and we try to make it better and work more uh, efficiently or effectively or, um, you know, have a better outcome. What is internal auditing? Who do you look up to? Who do I look up to um, in the workplace or in life or? Mm, either one. Either one. Um, well, uh, I who do I look up to? There's a lot of people I look up to. There's a lot of people that, um, I mentioned, you know, people that have influenced me in my career. So there's people, you know, that, um, uh, are mentors to me. I definitely look up to them. And even those that I may not stay in contact with, some have gotten, you know, older, um, I still uh, think about them and the lessons, like what would they do in this situation? So I feel like they still have an influence on me. Um, my parents, uh, my dad is, is older and my mom has since passed away, but uh, they still are a tremendous influence on me. And I still look to them and think about, you know, how they handled situations and things that they taught me. Um, so that's very important to me. And then um, this is probably a strange thing, but I kind of look up to my kids in a different way because um, uh, I really feel that you guys have a way of seeing 
life in the world in a very pure sense. It's really unfiltered. And so your observations and the things you think um, really matter. They really uh, help us to see things very cleanly, you know. So let's say even my family. Do you regret what you do? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. That's a ooh, that's a good question. You mean like my work or just anything? Your work. My work. Do I regret? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I have done some projects where um, I'm having to deliver some bad news to people, right? So if you think about the internal auditor, we're looking at um, a process. Let's say it's paying the bills or let's say it's something more serious, you know, like something, you know, in law enforcement. And as we look at it, I might have not the best news to deliver. I might have some, you know, hard facts to deliver. So that part of my job is hard. So sometimes I'm in a position where I have to deliver bad news, but deliver it in a way that people will listen, understand, exactly understand, and want to make change, right? Not be defensive and not... um, uh, not uh, be emotional about what I'm saying, but you know, listen for the facts and say, okay, right is right, and so do we need to make a change? So that part of the job um, can be a little bit harder. What do you like most about your job? Oh, well, I mentioned I like the people that I work with. Um, I like the chance to make things better, maybe, and have some influence on that. Um, another thing that kind of speaks to me is this sense of, um, uh, this is a big word, maybe this is too big, but it's like legacy. Does that make sense about being able to know that um, throughout your job, you know, your career, you can look back on different projects you've worked on, different things that you've touched and say, yeah, I had a hand in that. You know, I, I had an idea that, you know, I was able to touch that process and I think, you know, it's better for it. It's like putting out, like, at least you know you tried to do something. At least, you know, like you were part of something. Yes, it's very cool. When you, um, the other thing I really enjoy is I've always worked in state government. uh, I've not worked really in the private sector. Um, But I think when you work in state government, it's a different um, calling. It's a different purpose, right? So we work for the people of Texas. And so if you think about like the DPS, the DPS provides public safety. Um, They do driver's licenses. They do a lot of important things for the citizens of Texas. And, you know, what a noble mission. I mean, what, you know, what's more important than our safety? Like, like before, um, all the other services that the government provides for us, safety has to be first and foremost, right? Nothing else um, can really happen if we don't have safety first, like even schools or education. You know, I feel like the baseline is is that we need to be safe in our communities. Um, so it's that's another cool thing I think about uh, going to work in the in government is that um, it's not about making a profit or the bottom line or being the biggest company or um, the number one seller of this or that. Um, It's really about taking care of your communities. What was growing up like? Growing up, I, um, I grew up like a military family. My family moved every couple of years. You too. Um, so we, you know, it was strange to me when I had met friends where they had the same friends from 
elementary school all the way through high school. Like they knew the same group of friends. I didn't have that experience because every couple of years my family moved. Um, my father, uh, he worked for the government. Um, and so uh, just like a military family, we lived all over the place. We lived um, overseas. We lived in different places here in the United States. And so that's a very different experience. I do feel that when you grow up that way, that um, one good thing is, is that you learn to be really adaptable. Because every time, you know, every couple of years I'd be walking into a new school and I don't know these kids. I don't have a best friend. I don't know, you know, like what's my, you know, what's my safe place in this school? And so you learn to become very adaptable and, and uh, learn to like talk to anybody and learn to try to make friends pretty readily. Did you ever have an instant connection with someone you knew? Like an instant mm. best friend connection? An instant best friend connection. Um, yes. Yeah. Where you just connect, you just click with somebody and they, you're just, you know, like they just know your soul. <laughs> That's what happened uh, on the first day of school. With who? With her. Oh, with you two? Oh. Yeah, also one of our friends with also, one of our friends, Gavin, uh-huh. we, they both moved to my table, and we just started talking. And you didn't know each other before? No. I, that's, I was new to the area. She, so was I. Yeah. That's good. Keep up those friendships, because those are very special. They're, um, as you get older, it's harder to uh, make those connections. So, yeah. Yeah. That's very fortunate. That's cool. <laughs> what was the best moment with your family? Um, I have a lot of fun memories growing up uh, with, you know, I had an older brother and a younger sister and we lived all uh, all over. Um, another outcome of that experience is, is that when you have to travel like that and um, every couple of years you're moving into a new place, it does make your family unit really tight. So it's like you only have each other. <laughs> you know, we're like, you know, it's, we're, we, uh, we kind of protected each other. And so we became, we're uh, very tightly knit and so that that was you know I have very um fun memories of that you know we love each other we fought we you know (laughs) just like normal families um and then my favorite uh, memories now with my family have to do with my kiddos um and growing up so I have uh both of them are in high school now I have a ninth grader and an 11th grader so my brother's the oldest, there's three years, then there's me, and then it's six years to my uh, baby, yeah, my younger sister. But as we've gotten older, as adults, we are even closer than when we were growing up. Because So just like your family, there was a period where my brother was, you know, he was in high school, and then he got his car, and he had a job, and he was gone. And then he went to college. And so um, even though there was an age gap between my sister and I, um, it, we felt like, well, we were left behind. So, you know, <laughs> it was just us two. Um, but then as we all grew up and started our families, we came all back together, and we're much closer now, too. That's what happens with me and my sister. Me and my sister fight all the time. She likes to come in my room oh. and, like, go through my stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh. How many and years younger? She's six. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's only six. She likes okay. to go through everything. Yeah. My parents, they get it. Because my dad and um, his sister, they're, they used to fight all the time. Mm-hmm. But now they're, like, super close. Like, every time they, when she comes over, See? all they do is laugh. Yes. Laugh. That's- I'm like, how long can you keep this up? But, like... <laughs> Me and my sister, even though we have, like, a big age age difference, she's smaller than me. Right. 
but like it's fun to play with her. Ew, and you you will see. Um, so my sister lives in Spring, near outside of Houston. I don't know if you know where that is. I talk to her every day on my way into work or sometimes on the way home. We talk because we have about the same schedules. We talk every day. So we're, yeah, so she's like my best pal. <laughs> what does success mean to you? This this um this was one of the most intriguing questions I thought because it's not an easy question to answer. So I had I thought about this a little bit about, you know, what does success mean to you? Um, so, um, I thought, uh, about it in a couple ways. One of it, you know, if you think about success as just, you know, accomplishing, you know, your goal or objective or your aim, right? But it's a very, that's a very personal thing to everybody. You know, what your objective is and the things that you want and what your purpose is, is different from, uh, every, anybody else's. And so, um, I feel like, Truly, the definition of success lies somewhere in how happy you are, you know. So what really makes you happy and and um, uh, what brings you happiness? And, you know, because, you know, probably the classic example is like, you know, being fabulously wealthy. Is that <laughs> going to make you happy? You know, so if you define success as, as making a lot of money, but that's not what brings you happiness, right? That doesn't sound like success to me. Uh, but if your definition of success or happiness is um, leading a life where um, you feel good about what you do and you have good influence on other people, um, you're able to do good things and that brings you great happiness, then that's success. You know, there's a, oh, I'm sorry, there's a saying about how um, it's, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but something about how it's not the great things you'll do, but the small things with great love. Um, I think happiness lies and success lies in that as well what do you want to say to all the girls listening to this podcast i think of the girls listening to this podcast is probably about y'all's ages and, and or maybe you know high school or around this age and so um what i want to say to them is uh, love yourself be kind to yourself um you know, there's a long road ahead of you, and um, sometimes I think as girls, we're our toughest critics. We're, we're kind of tough on ourselves, and we put a lot of expectations. We take a lot of other people's expectations and put them on ourselves, and um, I don't know that we really grow out of that. So um, what I would say is just, you know, be kind to yourself and love yourself and take good care of yourself. What do you think about the All Girls Consider podcast? I am so impressed. I am so <laughs> impressed. Um, I am very impressed. I I love that this was uh, born right here in Texas, right here in Leander. Um, and it's just really smart young women like yourselves that put this on and drive it and uh, really have a voice for other women on your podcast. So I, I, I think that this is something that's going to be a very big thing. I think it's something that other schools, um, as word gets out, um, I think it's a, an amazing program. And that I hope that you guys have had positive experience. Looks like um, you guys look like a pretty happy crew. And <laughs> it looks like uh, your teacher's pretty proud of you as well. So um, I think it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. And I am honored you asked me. So thank you. Thank you.
August the Sitter and Bleeding were a world where girls and women matter. You can support our work by donating at www.allgirlsconsidered.org slash donate right now. We can't do this without you.